guys, we're all in the Glee Club. Can we move on? Start your sublight engines. It's time for the RuPalps Padres second anniversary special, the Zebby Awards. This is our first annual celebration of the best and the worst of Star Wars, the slays, the flops. Um, we will be looking back on everything Star Wars that was released in 2022. We, the members of the Academy, will be bringing our nominations here today, and then we will deliberate and choose live here on the show. We will also be revealing the winner of the Audience Choice Award, Glup Shitto of the Year of 2022. So get really excited. Um, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. And instead of a gender of the week this week, I am bringing my presenter that I think should present an award um, at the Zebbies from Star Wars. And that is Cinta Cause, who was our 2022, one of our first main character on-screen lesbians. And she will be a part of hashtag Cinta Sweep, which I will be proposing today. Cinta Sweep, she, will, I, she needs to be presenting and she needs to be winning. And I will be nominating her in almost every category. Um... Vote now on your phones. I'm Jess. Um, my pronouns are they, them. Uh, you can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And the person I feel like would be a, a good like host or person presenting an award is Emery Canteros. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Emery, sweet little Emery, would have a fun time presenting an award. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. You can find me on social media pretty much anywhere at the Jewish Jedi. And the person that I would love to present some kind of award at the Zebbies tonight is in many ways to me, she's a girl boss. She's a war criminal. She's mother to many, an enemy to equally as many. And that is Arinda Price, the Bobcut queen herself. <laughs> no. no. Because if she was presenting an award, like I feel like it would be like, for the Oscars or something, it'd be like best documentary or something like that. And like people wouldn't really be caring because everyone's pretending that they've seen everything. But then she comes on and everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck? I gotta she, see this. The awards she's handing out are like mini Arena Price bus. <laughs> like instead of, for the little. She hijacks the award show. I love, no, because imagine you go up to collect your Zebby from the front of the room and then Arinda Price is like, I didn't like those. I brought my own. Sorry, it's not the Zebbies anymore. It's the Rindies. What if, what if <laughs> she's, Rindies. she pulls the like the like Moonlight La La Land switch and like reads it wrong? You guys don't understand. You guys can clown her all you want, but she's only four awards away from winning an EGOT. Okay, she only needs an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony, and she can do it. Hi, my name is Mel. I use they/them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. Um, and I believe that, um, oh God, I, oh God, this is so bad. I don't know his name actually is the problem. Give me a second. I need to Google it. I I initially had it and then I, oh fuck. I forgot that his name is so general. Oh God. Star Wars. <laughs> is it, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, his name is Enric Pride. Oh um, that guy from Rise of Skywalker. 
I just think he'd be, oh he's, he's the kind of guy that you look at and when you're at an award show and you're like, oh, he's a white guy. He definitely was in something I watched this year. He is IMDb bait. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. when you when your mom sees him, she's like, what is he from? <laughs> I okay, coining the term IMDb bait, that's that's legendary because like that like because that's not just like character actors like there's a lot of people who are very famous who are that that's me with basically any white person so (laughs) same same my name is ollie i use any pronouns you can find me on social media at ollie fresh that's fresh with a ph and there are some people that i would love to see present an award and i feel like something that we haven't mentioned is that there's always at least a couple of awards that are presented in pairs and for that i am proposing boba fett and fennec shand presenting an award together they would really give and their banter a bit of banter i think it would be great i think they could do it i think they would be wearing like nice complimentary colors they would look cunty and they would do it they would serve they play like an orchestral version of the Book of Boba Fett theme as they walked on to present the mm-hmm. award. They're they're <laughs> like the Catherine Tate and David Tennant of Star Wars in a lot of ways. Whoa, exactly. yeah. I'm obsessed with that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so let's get into the categories. Our first category is Planet of the Year. You know, we travel to a lot of planets on Star Wars and see a lot of locales and um I guess I'll start with my nomination um looking at just the shows that came out last year that would be The Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Tales of the Jedi, and Andor. Um my nomination for Planet of the Year is Tatooine. I know the girlies were fighting about this that we were on Tatooine too much and sometimes yeah it can be a little bit too much but we were there in Obi-Wan Kenobi show we were there in the book of Boba Fett we had some good times we had some flop times but all in all like I feel like it was the planet that defined so many of the big Star Wars moments of last year and I feel like it was just very emblematic am I like partial to Tatooine personally maybe not but I feel like when I think about all the shit that came out I'm thinking about moments on Tatooine I'm like you know all those were in trailers whatever so that's what I'm arguing today. I don't disagree. I think that there is a very good argument in saying, like, because Tatooine was just, by, by sheer volume alone, it was in probably one of the planets that we saw the most screen time of this in 2022, at least, like, screen screen time. So, yeah, I do think that's a good suggestion. Okay. Well... My nominee that I am presenting to to y'all is is one that I mean we only got a few episodes of this planet from a certain show, but like the time we spent on that planet was very impactful, very slay moment happened, <laughs> and um this planet is Aldani from Andor because like. The, the Aldani arc of Andor is probably one of my favorites. And just the the cool eye moment that happened at the end of that arc was very, very slayful. 
And um, before the Imperials came, I imagined that they had a very vibrant culture there. So it's a shame that um, we didn't get to see much of it. But like the the moments where we did see like the native Aldonians, Aldonans, I forget what they're called. I'm so sorry. The Aldani people. I think that, yeah, they're just the Aldani. Yeah, the Aldani, they were, they were very interesting to me. And yeah, so that's my pick for best planet from 2022. That whole planet's vibes were like really off the charts the entire time they were there. Like it, I don't know. One thing I love about Andor that will become clear because spoiler alert, a lot of my picks for this evening are Andor related um, is like, I don't know. There was just so much of like an established livingness to the planets and Aldani specifically, I feel like had a lot of like vibrancy to it that a lot of other Star Wars planets lack. Um, yeah. I know I voted for Tatooine, but I will say also Aldani is where we confirmed our first main character on screen lesbians. Like that was the planet it physically occurred on. So that's another win for the gays. Okay, lesbian planet. We love it. They also had those cool sheep with the multiple horns and I thought they were fun. So I'd hang out with them. Um, so the planet that I've chosen for planet of the year this evening is also from Andor. Um, and that planet would be Ferrix. I really enjoyed, I think, every single scene that I got on that planet. It felt so, like, culturally vibrant. But also, like, were the vibes not off the charts every single minute the camera was on Ferrix? Like, I don't know. I, I, I just, I loved how everything about it, like, meshed together. Like, it actually felt like there was a history present for the people who lived there. Also, the costuming, like, I don't know. I I would live on Ferrix. I'd hang out there. I love, I love bricks. I'm a really big fan of bricks. So I would be just thrilled. And, and not a certain guilt who lives there? I was just going to say, Brasso, if you're listening, call me right the fuck now. Um, <laughs> because are you kidding me? First of all, he cleans up nice. He has a stable job. Um, he really cares about other people and he is like seven feet tall and has shoulders as wide as a car. <laughs> like what's not to love. Well, it's and crazy. he is on Ferrix and that is another point for Ferrix <laughs> is that he is there. Real. I will also, I will also say one of Sintakaz's most slay moments does happen on Ferrix. So I don't know why now I'm just making Come the away from the window. <laughs> Oh, that wasn't the one I was thinking of, but yeah, actually. Real. Um, well, here's the thing. I'm just, I'm echoing Noah's sentiment. I also chose Ferrix as my planet of the year. So that's double the backing for Ferrix. Let's go Ferrix Nation. <laughs> I have something that was not seen on screen. My nomination is Irem. Um, Ooh. Ooh. So I bring that. Not no, well, because here's the thing. Spoilers for the Fallen Star, but where is Stellan Geos right now in the oceans of Irem? And we need to get a party together to save him. I'm hoping that if we can get this award for Irem, then we can like mobilize people and we can bring awareness. I digress. You're literally in your Princess Diana era. Like you're, <laughs> you're like you're like winning awards and advocating for like an issue. <laughs> Yeah, I am. I better not go any underpasses. For $1 a day, 
you can support the search for no, Cell and Geo. R.I.P. Princess Diana, you would have loved Cell and Geo. No, and you know what? Speaking of, you know what? Another planet that consistently has lesbian queens? Irem. And you know what else? Phase 2 is based... Phase 2 of the High Republic. For those of you who don't know, Irem is a planet, and it is in a system with its, like, sister planet, Arano. Irem is, like, a water-ocean planet. um, Arano is, like, a desert planet, and they've been at war forever. They were in um, Into the Dark. Uh, That's where Comex Master bit it on their moon, the Timekeeper moon. But I think that Irem was really cool, and Arano by extension, because so much of their conflict... And so much of their history together was pivotal to Convergence, but has also been pivotal to the entirety of Phase 2 of the Higher Republic and played important parts in Phase 1. I know we're not talking about stuff that came out in 2021, but I just want to give a little context. Also, like I said, consistently there are lesbians. Also, the people who are native to there have like green and blue freckles. That's Slay. Fantu Zen is from mm-hmm. Irem. Fantu Zen is from Irem, so I think we deserve to win on that alone. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I'll give you that. Choosing Irem over Aaron, though, because as someone who also has lived near the desert, the desert sucks. I'd rather be near the ocean. I must make it so clear: this is no hate to Arano. I love Arano. I just think that Irem was in more things. Irem is also. Ziri Alberon is about to cancel Ollie on the podcast. And she can come for me as soon as Stellan Geos is as soon as as soon as Stellan Geos perishes under the red rocks of Irem. As soon as Stellan Geos is Thalefire born, then I will, <laughs> or Thalefire made, then I will be I will be listening. Damn, these are all these are all really good choices. I'm like, you made a really good case for Irem. Thank you. Shit. I mean, I will say personally, I feel like I'm fine with Ferrix. I think Ferrix is a really good option, but I do also like the argument for Tatooine, just because it was in so much. Yeah. I don't know. What are you guys feeling? I just I'm... realized, do we have anyone who is, like, recognized as the final arbiter of this vote? Because if I... we don't, I think it would make sense to have the person presenting, the, like, who opens up the category to actually, like, vote on it at the end. Or are you meant to come to, like, a consensus I think we're coming to a thing? consensus. Okay, yeah, so I'm cool. we're five people, so we can't really tie. I think I I would say that. Yeah. Anyway, let's start our let's deliberate. I mean, I I, f- I feel like we got to go for Ferrix at least because at least two people brought Ferrix. Well, I would just like to advocate for Ferrix over Tatooine specifically because we've really spent a, an eternity on that planet. And like that's not that's not like necessarily like an issue, but I'm just saying that there's a freshness to Ferrix that I appreciate. There are certain people on Ferrix that I really appreciate. There is one person on Ferrix yeah. that I really appreciate. But I'm that's, that's not my motivation. That's not my only motivation. I do think it's just a really slayful planet. You know, some members of the Academy seem to be really swayed by a pretty face. That'd be me, babe. No, but I agree with Noah in the sense that, like, yeah. Tatooine has been, like, one of the main planets of Star Wars for forever, and so it's often recognized all the time. It has, like, special, like, merch when Star Wars, like, is like, oh, our planets, and Tatooine will always be one of them. But Ferrix, Ferrix is new, fresh. <laughs> they are, they're beating people, 
people over the head with bricks over there. Like, specifically, the stormtroopers fuck cops. So, I also will vote for Ferrix. Plus, Andor girlies will stick together. Real. No, I, I completely agree. And to that same end, I think it's important to remember that this is the planet of the year. Not the planet. What represented 2022? I think Ferrix. I agree. I think beating people over the head with the brick of made of the ashes of an elder of your community, that's very 2022. Are we are we in agreement? Do we want to officially present this yeah. award? Yeah. I'd like to officially present the award for Planet of the Year to Ferrix that first threw the first brick at Stonewall. So wow. <laughs> Yippee! Woo! That was so exciting. Cool. I get to announce the next award which is best character so that's slay uh so for for best character you know of 2022 it could have been anyone like books comics shows just again so long as it came out in 2022 and for me i want to present there was like actually so many people where it's like mm, fuck <laughs> Who should I pick? Because there was many slayful characters that came out last year or were in something that was like that came out last year. So, but um, in the end, I think <laughs> for best character, I am actually going to pick uh, my bestie, one of my besties, Axel Greylark. How, how <laughs> could I guess? Oh, I know, Axel. I know Axel Greylark has his issues. I relate to many of those issues. But I just, I don't know. I think he was a fun, funky, fresh little guy. Yeah, he did commit an act of terrorism. Spoilers for Convergence. Uh, But he, you know, was a very interesting character to me. And not just because I think he was... um, a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> so yeah, um, Axel Greylark. Again, the Academy keeps being swayed by a pretty face. Okay, but I think that we need to consider that maybe <laughs> character of the year needs to be someone who would write diaspora poetry. Also, <laughs> he could write very, yeah, slayful poems or like stories about, uh, I don't know, generational trauma. <laughs> His mommy issues, I feel like, would make him a very good writer if he took the time to start writing his feelings out. But his mom is also his... very hot, so I think he should win because he also has a hot mom. Maybe if he had written his feelings down, we wouldn't be in this situation. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> Maybe. This is the this is the most Jess thing ever because, what, oh, Jess is always like, and what if I married your parents? <laughs> your parent because they're either hot or have money <laughs> no but like i i know his mom is hot but i'd be like i'll marry you axel i'll f- i can fix him i can fix him move over gella i also just like i have to speak out in support whoops among us has not been swayed by a pretty face or someone having a hot mom these are very valid reasons to stand a character like, um, my favorite character of this year 
is not in fact uh, is from the higher public but is from in fact phase one and that would be Cantum Psy um, because really everything that they do like you want to talk about Slayful Cantum Psy has got you covered they are near constantly giving they have some of my favorite plot lines that I've gotten to see like every single scene that they have in Midnight Horizon I'm just like I need more of you uh, but like I don't know there's something very I think compelling about like the way that they discuss their emotions and their relation to the force and their relationship to themselves that I'm just like, I'm super interested in. And I love whenever I get to see them and yeah, go Cantum Psy. That was, Cantum was actually my runner up. I was deciding between the character I'm bringing and Cantum. So I'm so excited that someone brought them because their presence in Midnight Horizon and in um, uh, Higher Public Adventures is just unparalleled. Like they are, a very different kind of Star Wars character, both in terms of how they relate to being a Jedi and how they are as a person in and how they conceptualize the world around them, but also in terms of being a non-binary person of color and being so prominent. So it's very cool. In terms of the pretty face competition, Cantum Psy is absolutely up on that pedestal. They're canonically very pretty to look at. Like, I, I will say Cantum was also one of my runner-ups. Um, it was very hard not to pick them. Um, I could have actually picked a moment or element for Cantum for almost any category. Um, also, Galactic Bake Off came out last year. And that, we didn't have most Slay comic of the year. I think we only did book. Um, but that was what I would have nominated um, because Cantum being like, all right, let's get you back to bed, Grandma. <laughs> it's such a great, it's such a great comic. Um, and I also did, I, yeah, the stuff about Cantum in the, like, the scenes with Cantum and Yoda made me choke, cry, sob, throw up. Like, I went through something. I went through something. <laughs> right. Um. So I also agree to that same end. Cantum Psy was a very close runner up on my list. Um, that being said, I'm going to bring someone who's not from the High Republic. I know this is a plot twist of the century. I am bringing Karis Nemec. Um, I simply think that he embodies Star Wars. I feel like a lot of the his vibe is just like he is hopeful for the sake of hope. Um, good for the sake of good. And... Does that always work out for him? Uh, evidence would would suggest otherwise, but he's still, he's doing what he can, and I respect that. R.I.P. King. He, he also has pretty much the best monologue in almost all so of true. Star Wars. How many other bitches have a manifesto? Um, Who, how no, many literally. Star Wars can say that? Okay, Axel yeah, like might like, have one, but I don't want to read it. <laughs> Next, next, like, next. Debbie's like, is going to be character is going to be character most likely to have a manifesto, <laughs> but not in a in the either a Marx way or a Unabomber way. <laughs> I also, Are you saying Axel Grimlock is Unabomber? Yes, he No, because no, the way I, that I, I, the way that before no the way that before Mel said that I was going to be like, can we clarify what kind of manifesto we mean? Like. Who in Star Wars is Unabomber coded? Let's discuss. <laughs> Axel Greylark. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He's in his Ted Kaczynski era. He literally blew up a building. <laughs> Noah, who literally has not read 
the book. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I I will also say I almost wanted to nominate uh the actor who plays Nemec for best performance because like he just fucking dies and he never he's never coming back, but he gave that fucking monologue like it like he better win an Emmy for that. Like <laughs> he gave that monologue so he he was like, I know that I'm about to change Star Wars with this and he 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 kicked ass with it. Um I think only a second only to that is the the Luthan monologue, which is also quite good. Um Damn. Damn, these are good choices. It's time for me to bring us back to the High Republic. Um my argument for best character is Gelanatai. And you may ask, why do I bring her? Because she's 30 years old and she's a girl failure, okay? She's really going through it. When we meet her in Convergence, she's like, wow, my whole life is literally falling apart. And it's really, really a problem. And throughout the course of the book, she learns to value herself and to be strong in her convictions, um, as well as how to relate to other people in ways that she hadn't necessarily before and how to interact with the world in a very unique way. And she embodies, uh, I think she embodies what it means to be like a, a way to be a Jedi, because I think we have a very specific idea of how the Jedi are. And we always talk about like who embodies the Jedi. And I think that she embodies a certain type of Jedi where it's like, she's not 100% sure of herself all the time. But she is able to make her own decisions and she is able to say what is guiding me in the force and she has 100% faith in the force. And I just think she's a really cool character, especially being like, I know 30 is not really old, but I think a lot of like fantasy and a lot of like uh, a lot of action stories talk about people who are like in their early 20s. So it was really refreshing not only to get to see a main character who's on the cover of the book be um you'd be like an action hero but also to see her go through this very um common struggle of what am i doing my entire life path just got thrown off and now i need to figure out where i am and what i'm trying to be and who i am which is i think a story that is so commonly relegated to younger characters so i think she represents a very interesting type of person um and if you vote for axel graylark over her you are sexist no Damn, the woke left. <laughs> I'm just going to say, the 2022 in Star Wars was kind of the year of older people slaying in general. Like, um, you know, we had the Book of Boba Fett, we had Boba and Finnick, and then we had uh, Obi-Wan in his just middle-aged, fucked-up era. Um, we just had a lot of, we just had a lot of older, and then uh, we had Dooku having all his, his shit and Tales of the Jedi. Like, we had a lot, we had a lot going on that i'm making is that like i don't think 30 is old and i think that a lot of the stories that we are told make people who are over the age of like 25 always are like they're the older person they're someone who's more like grown up and has their life together they're always sort of a mentor figure so it is nice just that we are reaffirming that you know that we are sort of being like it's okay to tell stories about people who aren't you know teenagers and people who aren't you know, young adults. And to be fair, outside of Star Wars, there are plenty. But I think it's something, especially with Gela, um, we get it specifically because we get so much of her, the inside of her head and how she thinks. 
we have characters like Avar and Elzar who are also like in their mid 30s, but like we don't get in their head as much as we do with Gela, and especially in Convergence, we get in her head a lot. Yeah, I do gotta say that last year was a very good year for um, being an old person in Star Wars. Not like necessarily old, old, like what Ollie is saying. Um, but yeah, with Gela, and then also um, he was not nominated now, but <laughs> Comac. Like someone who is older than their twenties and not sure what what they're doing with their life is very reassuring because yeah, life is a journey. Even when someone's further along, they're still still trekking along on that journey. Um. So my nomination is a part of hashtag Cinta Sweep. Yes, I will be nominating Cinta Cause. Our, one of our two first on-screen main character LGBTQs. I I feel like I had to nominate her because, like, this is, it was a big moment for Star Wars. Like, I feel like we didn't, like, hype it up enough that it, we were like, we got gay people. We, we got them in the major I mean, show. We, we had got the, the kiss in Rise of Skywalker. I don't know what you're talking okay. about. <laughs> okay. But like, and it wasn't just like a one and done thing. Like that, it and it was they were central to the story, and specifically Cinta, um, because she's not appreciated enough. Where's my Funko Pop? And number two, because her 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 stabbing a fascist in cold blood, it did something to me. It did something to me. Like I I went through something, and I think that much like how we talked about how Ferrix was a was a pivotal part, um. You know, as the as the world f- f- is falling apart, watching our first Star Wars on screen main character lesbian um stab a bitch in cold blood when you're in Star Wars and she could just easily use a gun, but she was like, "No, I'm pulling out a fucking knife." Um, I was like, "You know what? This is this is this is what I wanted. This is this is representation. Thank you." Um. She's, she's just everything to me. I mean, we've talked about her sleigh little outfits. Um, you know, I mean, I could talk about Vel, but no, I want to talk about Cinta. And I I hope we just get more into her backstory and stuff in season two. I believe in them. I trust. Um, and yeah, I just think she's character of the year because as gay people, I think we should all come together behind our number one lesbian of the year. Um, I feel like she just, she had to be nominated. Anyway, hashtag Cinta Swoop wig i will say this um though i did bring cantum side to the to the table this evening and i do stand them really truly and thoroughly i would like to argue that nemic is like the character of the year i feel like i don't know there was just there was something just like about his spirit and his whole vibe that i feel like really resonated especially like within the last year i was like okay he's quite insightful and like including a character like him like Mel was saying that's like that's hopeful for hope's sake that's good for good's sake i just i feel like that was one of the best parts of andor though unfortunately he didn't make it through the whole show but <laughs> perhaps one day he could come back so the palpatine has returned nemec has returned if we can get Kino Loy back, we can get Nemec back. Let's be real. Real. Agreed. He right. He's like Valence now. He is, or like Fennec. He's like Maul. He's got spider legs. Okay, Valence, handshake, Fennec, handshake, Maul. 
They need to form a club. <laughs> what fucking club is that? I don't mean, it's, a club where they, it's a club where they beat each other to death with hammers. <laughs> it's a club called Was Worked On by Thundercat. No! <laughs> when are we going to get Thundercat and Bounty Hunters? <laughs> we don't know how much more is in Nemec's little manifesto, so we could have another moment where they're like... <laughs> You hear voiceover of Nemec and a- another slayful monologue on his part, so. Workers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your chains, etc., etc. No, I I actually agree that, like, despite bringing another character, as soon as you said Nemec, I was like, yeah. He, he kind of, like, especially I remember when we watched it and, like, everyone watching was like, yeah, this embodies fucking, this is the Star War. Like... I, I I mean, yeah. Although, I love Cantum so fucking much, so, like, <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, I agree also with what's been said. Like, Mel made me really go, like, hmm, yeah. You're right. Maybe Nemec does deserve um, character of the year because of the points you made. But also consider... <laughs> And if you don't vote for Axel Greylark, I'm going to be like, wow, I can't believe there's okay. Asian hate in this podcast. And you're going to say that while Cantum Sai is literally Filipino and Japanese? You're so true. So vote for either Axel or Cantum Sai. Okay. Or I will I'm personally gonna... cancel Wait, you. and and Sinta. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, sorry to Nemec. All of the Asian girl all of the Asian yeah. The Asian girlies are fighting. <laughs> Both But also it, I think it is voting for Nemec also supports we Mel, got one so. white person hmm. to this entire conversation and are they gonna are is he seriously gonna win? Because I'm a little worried that he is, is the problem. I know. Listen. Oh no, sorry to Nemec. If I have to pick anyone besides um Axel, I sorry, I'm gonna pick <laughs> Cantum side because Filipino non-binary um, solidarity <laughs> between me and Cantum, and also I just really appreciated like yeah all of Cantum's like story in Midnight Horizon and being the one to kind of help Comac in that situation. Also because I um, that book, the moments with Comac, not Comac, fucking. Come back, get out of here. Go run back into the forest. The moments with Yoda and and Cantum made me happy as someone who, I'm sorry, is a Yoda in, enjoyer. Okay, and here's my thing. I'm being indecisive this evening, but I will say this much recantum side. One thing I forgot to bring up that I enjoyed of a minute horizon is that when they're talking to Comac, like Comac's like into it in a really funny way. Comac is like, wait, but like. What, what happened next? Do? Like, I don't know. Okay, but I would be the same. I would be the exact same, Comac. No, like, I know, but I just, I don't know. Something about, like, Cantum Sai's ability to be, like, a storyteller. And, like, also, like, Cantum Sai, so few of the other girlies in Star Wars are flirts. More of you need to be flirting, but Cantum Sai is flirting, okay? I'll say that much. More of you need to be <laughs> edging <laughs> canonically. <laughs> In Star Wars. More of you need to be edging in Star Wars. Okay, f- 
fuck fuck Asian representation, fuck queer representation. Cantum Psy is edging representation. We need to support <laughs> edging in 2023. <laughs> I've switched my vote to, to Cantum for that reason. Okay, so that's three for Cantum now. Well, kind of. Jess is Jess is like voting for any at all. <laughs> no, I I will vote for Cantum. I will give it to Cantum. I'm I'm running off to the circus with Cantum Sai. As, as a white person, I can't vote for. I wanted to vote for Nimic, but shut up. Hashtag Zebby so white. Oh Lord. I'm going for, I'll go for Cantum. Like I said, Cantum was my second runner up. That's, that's who I was thinking about bringing. So I will go, I will happily go into the, go into the night with them. Um, I will, I will say I, I would make an argument still for Nemec, but I think if the consensus is with Cantum, I am happily, I am happily there. The winner of best character of the year is Cantum Psy. Congrats to Cantum. No! Edging wins. No, okay, because one of the responses, one of the responses in the Glove Shido submission forms was, um, was it for Core or for Yana? I think it was for Core. Um, and the, it was, it was like Core Pluth in parentheses, hashtag love loses. And I think about that every single day. Okay, so our next category for the Zebbies this evening is tracking what we believe to be the best performance of 2022. And I don't know, I wrestled with this for a while because there was really a lot of hashtag acting um, going on in the shows this year. But eventually I did settle on uh, Stellan Skarsgård as Luthen Rail because that gentleman delivered a hashtag performance more than once on multiple levels. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Like he, one thing about Andor, they love a monologue in there. And I also love a monologue as evidenced by the fact that I've memorized far too many of them. Um, and his little monologue slayed, like it absolutely demolished, it cleared, it was magical. So I think he really gave the best performance of this year. Stellan Skarsgård was also my performance, best performance, so. No, no. Damn! Oh, wow. Well, I- The way that Mel and I keep matching up on our decisions is really slayful to me. Well, that's okay. I'm here as the diversity uh, of this category. Um, because my nomination for best performance is, um, Adria Arjona as Bix Kayleen, because the scenes where she was like, she just, she had this very like good energy to this character where she was not only a very serious person, she also felt like someone who lived in a community. Like she very much felt, it felt like she really got the character and got what needed to get across with her. She felt very faceted, very multifaceted, which I really liked. Like you bought that she was very tender in certain moments and then very much a badass in others. And I will also add the like torture scenes as they were just awful and harrowing. And I still think one of the most haunting scenes in all of Andor is when she is in her, like, cell looking out and singing as Marva's funeral is happening. Um, I just think that is one of the 
standout scenes, standout performances to me. And I think it's often overlooked because there are so many good performances in Andor, but that one just stood out to me. Damn, that's a that's a good argument. Shit. Okay. Um, mine, I'm departing from Cinta Sweep once because we have not talked about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I would like to nominate Moses Ingram for Reva because I, I almost nominated Reva for Character of the Year because while I quite enjoyed the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, I did feel like it was a bit unnecessary. Um, there were some parts of it that were slay. There were some parts of it that were just mid. However, Reva was the best part. She's so iconic. She was so interesting. She really added a, I, I think she was also really great. Like the way she played off of Obi-Wan was really great. I liked their dynamic. Like they had the, the resolution of the story with the two of them was interesting. Um, she brought a vibrance to this character that really uh, was reminiscent to Trilla um you know the inquisitors can really be very one note they can be and she was like and her story is very much it could be very one note of like revenge or whatever and like yeah we also have uh the kid who also played a young a young reva as well i was gonna say originally my second the second person i had for my best performance was ayami sludge who played young reva yeah, because in, in essence, the timing for when the Obi-Wan Kenobi series came out was absolutely awful and that it was right when there was a major school shooting. Um, and then we we saw, it wasn't just that we saw Order 66, like we saw Order 66 from the point of view of a child. Um, and then we saw like what that did to a person. And like we saw, we've seen Kanan and we've seen whatever, but like she was in the temple. She was amongst her community, whatever. And eventually at this year, we also saw what happened to Grogu, whatever, but like that was a puppet. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no hate to the puppeteers. You're putting in the work, you're putting in the hours. I just, I would like to mention Reva and I would like to mention Moses at this time. She also, they did not defend her and they did not support her in the way that she needed to be. Um, I know that Jedi Survivor was also being developed like kind of at the same time as this show so there really wasn't any idea that she could be in that game or whatever but i think she should be and i think she should be in everything and i would like to see moses again um and i think she really brought she really she really brought a a humanity to that show when it really could have been just the greatest hits high ground game uh, high ground you know nostalgia extravaganza that it that the rest of it really was um and she was she was just a highlight for me yeah moses ingram was my runner-up for this category um she gave a really i feel like multi-layered performance as a very complicated character there were layers to her rage and there were layers to her sadness that i really like i just i enjoyed seeing i thought she was really good she was also my runner-up, too, which is funny. I feel like we all have a lot of good things to say about Moses Ingram, so happy to hear that. Y'all are picking some really good people and giving some very good arguments, so now I'm just like, damn. <laughs> like, I was actually going to pick Tem as Boba Fett. <laughs> And I feel like he did a very good job. Tamora Morrison got the short end of the stick with his show, too. And also, again, in Mando Season 3, I know that's this year, but, like, 
the fact that they did not invite him back, even though they're like, oh yeah, we'll contact you. And then apparently they did not. So that kind of sucks for him. But yeah, I think just the the Boba Fett like episodes are like the the first couple episodes of the Book of Boba Fett were very good. And I liked the layers of Boba Fett that we got to see, like besides just the like cool bounty hunter guy. And I liked what Tem brought to Boba Fett's character of like trying to incorporate his Maui heritage, Maori, fuck, I can't, words, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. I was like into Boba Fett's character too. So I don't know. <laughs> so it, it really, um, I will never be over <laughs> the fact that Boba and Tem got kind of screwed over at the end of his show. And I really hope that we can get some more Book of Boba Fett one day so that people can see Tem, who is a really great actor, <laughs> like shine more. You make a very compelling argument because also Star Wars is also full of really good actors given absolute shit who just have to like turns fucking straw into gold. And that is what he did. And like there was so much behind the scenes on that show where he was like, yeah, a lot of this was me. Um and you like, I think that's also why like the Book of Boba Fett was also so infuriating because he had such an enthusiasm for it, and like he made the character he made, he was he made the character interesting and stand out when he first appeared in the Mandalorian. Like I remember, like when he when he pulls that that line of the like, well, I think they would I think they would recognize me, whatever. Like I I've never laughed so hard at Star Wars. Like, um. He really, like, he brought a personality to a character who was a literal action figure um, before. And, um, damn, that is a compelling argument. Shit. I'm torn between Moses Ingram and Stellan Skarsgård. I really, really, really liked both of them in the shows that they were in. And I feel like it's so hard to, like, I don't know, compare their performances because they had such different goals in mind. It's, like, what they wanted those characters to achieve. I'm I, I'm I'm very torn. I don't really know who I think deserves that more. Hmm. I will have to I reflect would, on that. I would argue for Moses more, because even though I quite liked Stellan, only because Stellan could be nominated next year. There will be an Andor season two. I do This is true. I do agree with that. I just think we need to keep in mind that this is a category for the best of the best. We have to maintain our integrity. Um, but that yeah. being that being said, I do think when I think about Reva, I think about that scene in the end after she has been like, Maybe I won't kill this child and Obi-Wan is like, You can still like be better than this, like you don't have to do this. Like that whole scene is just like I feel like in the hands of not even like not to say, like, in the hands of a worse actress, it would have just been kind of played. But, like, because she had such a chilling performance, and again, because she, I feel like I keep saying, like, they got the role, but because she understood what needed to be conveyed, that was, it's probably one of the most memorable parts of that show for me, quite frankly. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble going against Moses. Um, and also, I think Stellan was really good. I'm going to say something controversial. I thought his monologue was just fine. 
like I didn't have this like life shattering experience that I feel like a lot of people had after watching it. I was like, oh, that was good. Um, I think just because he is like such a capital A actor that I was like, oh, this is just like a good performance. But I don't know. I feel like Moses's performance felt very like Star Wars to me, if that makes sense. Like it, it felt like shakespearean she gave a full shape she, she gave so, a full shakespearean uh performance i don't know if i agree with that quite nomenclature Bye. but i understand a very space opera it was very very space opera no, in one, my... no one just made a face at me oh what else is new <laughs> I, made, I, I made i made a face at you i made a face at you and you said shakespearean for the same reason that ali said that they didn't agree with that nomenclature however i will i will also say re hashtag the monologue the thing i love about that monologue is the delivery but primarily it's the writing like i think it's a very well written thing and i thank you for reminding me of that scene at the end of obi-wan wherein reva is like have i become him like through tears collapsed in the desert like yeah i'm i think that i think that she i i'm okay giving this award to her i think that she deserves that yeah, I think I'll also give it to, to Moses Ingram as Reva because, yeah, you guys reminded me of that scene too. But I was torn actually between, like, um, you know, a- Adria as, as Bix because of what Ollie was saying with the, her performance when she was being tortured and locked up because that, yeah, that was a very upsetting scene to witness. And she put her whole pussy in that because I really felt deeply for her in the, that scene. But also Moses also put her whole pussy into her performance. So I'm just like, oh damn, gotta pick between two queens. But yeah, I think I will give it to Moses's performance as, as Reva because she deserves it. She went through a lot. People were not nice to her and she, she deserves the W because she gave a W performance. She made that show have a point. Like, Thank I you. feel like she was the reason that that show was worth having. Like, that is the reason why I will look back on that show and say, even when I'm, because listen, I really liked, um, I like, I liked the parts of that show. I didn't, like, not like it. But as Claudia said, like, it felt overall very, like, pointless to the universe. Like, it was not it told a fun story about Obi-Wan and Leia, but I was like, it didn't need an entire show to do it. I'm like, her and Tala were like, like, Reva, Reva was like the reason for the show. The sh- Like, quite frankly, I would have liked if the show to have been about her and Obi-Wan was in it. But obviously they're not doing that because Obi-Wan is the marketable one. And because, you know, oh, the story they wanted to tell us about Obi-Wan, probably not just because it's a cash cow, I'm sure. But like a story about an Inquisitor going from... I became an inquisitor because I wanted to hunt down Vader to then realizing that you, she has become him. Like that is a very, very compelling narrative. Um, and I think that, as I said, in the hands of an actress who is not as skilled as Moses, it would not have hit as hard, but it very much did because I think because of her. So yeah, I, I think we can, I think we can, Mel, Mel what do you think? Cause I feel like you've not, Given your yeah, thoughts. I've not gotten a chance to speak. Um, I completely agree. I think that Moses deserves um this award. Um, and also, frankly, I'm gonna say some. I'm gonna say two very controversial things. One, Ollie, 
I feel you so hard. I, the only thing I remember or even remotely give a fuck about, about the Kenobi series is Reva. <laughs> like I truly, the only thing I've ever thought about that show in the, in the nearly 365 days that have passed since that show premiered is her. Followed by two. Why the fuck is the Rise of the Red Blade book happening and not the Reva book? That's it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Huh. That's weird. Hmm. Are we have we decided that Reva is the hashtag winner of this of this of the Zebbies? In that case, I'm thrilled to present Moses Ingram with the Zebby for best for best performance this year. They really gave. Now we've now we've established that. Period. Love. Um well now that we've talked about that major major serve um it's time to talk about the biggest flop of of 2022 um and here's the thing about this we kept it kind of vague so it can be basically anything that anyone construes i think we most of us hopefully kept in universe type things it's okay if we didn't though uh here's my biggest flop kino loy not knowing how to swim He drowned, actually. He actually drowned, guys. (laughs) Except for the fact that he did, because we know his ass is gonna be back next season. (laughs) What if he like had like those like arm floaty things that kids have, and we just didn't see him put those on? I think he just hopped on Ham's back. (laughs) I was just gonna say, didn't Ham? (laughs) Didn't Ham die? I think Ham died. Oh no! Actually, Ham might have died. I think Ham is dead. I might be spreading misinformation on the internet, but I apologize. <laughs> anyway, he wrote on Melshi's shoulders, and then when they got to the shallows, Melshi said, I have to go and, like, hang out with my new little boy toy. You're on yeah, your own, I've got kid. boys to kiss. <laughs> <laughs> I, have to go cr- I have to go climb up this 90-degree angle with my boy toy, Cassie, and goodbye. I... I <sighs> that feels so mean, but, like, it... You are, you do make a point. It was amazing performance. Absolute flop moment. So sorry, King. Um, so now my biggest flop. Spoilers for Convergence. My biggest flop is Axel Greylark in prison writing Galenatai's name in his fucking food. Girl, you are down. You are, he, for, just for those of you, if you're not interested in Convergence, the spoiler is Axel does a very bad thing after the first half of the book being allies with Gela and her friends, then he does something very bad and in the end gets sent to prison, but he can't stop thinking about her. He's like, my Jedi Knight, and is writing her name in his fucking food and seeing her face, like, all the time. Because he's down astronomically bad. It's embarrassing. Sir, you are a grown-ass man. Get a hold of yourself. Anyway, I do do have an extensive AU where she's his parole officer. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I I almost nominated just Axel Greylark in general Same. for this category, so, so I'm so glad you brought it up because he is the definition of girl failure. <laughs> he is, no, because here's the problem. He's not even a girl failure. He's a boy failure, which is worse because a girl failure is like, okay, cunty. A boy failure is like, dude, you need to get your shit together ASAP. I think it's really funny that he's like that. <laughs> So I know I said earlier that I could fix him. But at the same time, I think it'd be funny to also just let him struggle. No, I I could I wouldn't make him. Worse. I could fix him, but what's wrong with him is so much funnier. 
Well, guys, I had a bunch of really good choices for this category, but something occurred today where I had to change <laughs> change my answer. My nomination for the biggest flop of 2022 is the Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> today on may 18th it has just been announced merely hours ago that the galactic star cruiser is closing in september <laughs> technically technically the flop like technically because it's closing this year i could argue a technicality however i do think that because it was introduced last year and like opened last year that in and of itself was the biggest flop it opened and all a lot of the canonical content surrounding it came out last year um, specifically, especially about the Galactic Star Cruiser that I think is the biggest flop, is that they wrote an entire novel, which I did enjoy, about Han and Leia's marriage and honeymoon, that they tied to the Galactic Star Cruiser, which will now be closed. Which I think is one of the most flop things to ever happen in Star Wars. I think it's so funny. What else can I say? That Ben Solo was conceived on a place that no longer is going to exist after November 30th. <laughs> no, it's so funny. Because also, like, there's, like, the Halcyon legacy. And, like, the Halcyon gets brought up in, like, like it's in the higher public phase one. Like, the Halcyon is everywhere. What I I had proposed this earlier in our group chat. That I think that the movie with Rey that's going to be taking place about, like, 15 years after Rise of Skywalker my proposition is that it is a lot like light of the jedi where the legacy run got exploded in the hyperlanes that happens to the halcyon and ray has to stop the emergences with her little gang of padawans the halcyon legacy emergences mm -hmm. that's that's what the fuck i'm talking ray, about ray has to channel her inner avar chris i can't <laughs> um, avar chris I, did it I, first I, and better they're gonna flop because they don't have kevin tar i'm sorry that's so true uh, and, and this is this is a this is a, a PSA. This is uh, no hate to the people who worked on the Galactic Star Cruiser. I did hear that it was a wonderful experience. Wish anybody could have afforded to go. Um, it was a flop of a concept just from the start because it was marketed as like the Star Wars hotel when really it was like a two-day immersive dinner theater exper experience slash ex escape room, which would be really cool if it had been a part of like... Um, a like whole star wars resort like because disney has themed resorts whatever like a whole star wars resort that then had this as an experience attached to galaxy's edge whatever um it also to be fair to them they also launched it in the middle of a pandemic and also a recession where people have less and less money but also just in general galaxy's edge does many flop things where they're like yeah all of the fun things you have to pay extra for and then also this crazy expensive hotel quote-unquote and then the most flop thing that occurred involving the galactic star cruiser was when andor came out and everyone went why do the rooms on the galactic star cruiser look like the prison in andor and i think that's the floppiest thing that could happen um anyways i just think defunct land i cannot wait to see the video <laughs> i need to bring up the fact that mel put in the chat okay wait FNAF put on the Halcyon <laughs> because I think that's really funny. 
Wow. When will Josh Hutcherson get trapped on the Halcyon? <laughs> With Matthew Lillard on the Halcyon? <laughs> POV, you're walking down the halls of the Halcyon and you hear... <laughs> <laughs> you see this freaking purple man, Matthew Lillard on the Halcyon. He's not purple in the FNAF trailer, but you know, Star Wars... <laughs> I just thought he could five be purple in Star Wars. Not five nights. I think we made that exact joke on RuPaul's Pod Race. Yeah, that is a, a, the title of an episode, like maybe not even like ten episodes ago. Okay, it's 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 official. We have to end the podcast. We've officially run out of jokes. We it's over. RuPaul's unfunny race. <laughs> a joke recession. Okay, we have to use what we have, guys. We can't even blame the writer strike for this. This is bad. As, as we said before, this um, this award show is completely unscripted in solidarity with the writer's strike, so we apologize for the jokes absolutely bombing. Well, that's the thing. As opposed to our other episodes, which are scripted, and you're thinking to yourself, surely not, <laughs> yeah. they they talk, but you'd be wrong. Yeah, um, yeah our jokes are scripted, like fucking Loda, Loden, Loden's fucking tape. <laughs> That's can I give a Zeppi yes. to Loading Great Storm's taint like an in memoriam Zeppi? <laughs> no, okay, wait, wait, wait. I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna say most flavorful experience, but that works. No! <laughs> it's my turn. So these are some good um, flops that have been presented so far, but the the flop that I am bringing tonight. Oh my god, I forgot my flop. Maybe I was a flop all along. <laughs> you didn't write down your flop? Maybe this uh, is the flop. <laughs> you, you see? Oh, I remembered my flop. Okay. My flop, I know for a fact, will not get picked. Because I think I'm the only one who would think about this. But my biggest flop is those people who are chasing after young Leia in Obi-Wan Kenobi and cannot catch a small little child. Oh my god, freaking, um, 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 flea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, because they really did flop. How are you guys not catching an eight-year-old? They were, like, I, like, so I get close, nimble, like, but... every single time. They weren't even, like, two feet away from her and could not grab her. It felt like they were like her uncles that were like playing a game or something, but they were fully trying to kidnap her. God, that shit was funny. That's like, imagine you're like walking down the street and a van like slows to a crawl, but doesn't actually like stop and do anything. It just like sits there like four feet behind you. That's actually the thing. Vivian Lyra Blair is actually like a world-class ranked like uh, sprinter. So it actually didn't look like she was going that fast because they used a special camera. But rest yeah, assured, like, she was actually like, beating Usain Bolt's time. She's just not old enough to qualify. It's like, have you ever seen those videos where, like, the fans are going so fast that it's only, like, you, it looks like it's going slow because the camera's not picking up all the frames? That's what was going <laughs> like on a humming, with her. Like a hummingbird's wings. Wow, well, well, well. Um, is it my turn? It is, yes. Yeah. Um, so my biggest flop of this year is every breath that Cyril Karn took. Uh really, I tried to pick out like one moment where I was like, he really flopped here. 
And I just couldn't because it's also unilaterally bad. Although I will say, I do, oh, I I love the scene. He's at his lowest. His mother <laughs> is making him a bowl of cereal. He has no job, no home, no friends, horrible clothing. And he looks like he hasn't showered in like four days. I, oh my God, I dream about that scene. I wake up with a smile on my face when I think about that. Cyril Karn cringe compilation, and it's literally just the every time he's on screen. <laughs> I, no, I, literally. I want I wanted to to nominate him very badly because he was created to be the flop character. Like he was my runner up. Not only is he Cyril. a flop, he also like he's he's a flop in every. <laughs> Mel just said in the chat, Cyril Vine boom. That was him when they were like, I'm just so saying, why did Zero you, Karn... they're like, so why did you like go on this mission to find this guy? And he's like, there's a, there was, he, he was a murderer. Boom. <laughs> and then, then you can. The thing about Zero Card is like, not only is he a jobless flop, but when he gets a job, he's like, I have to join the police. I have to join the police. <laughs> like, he's so stupid. I'm thinking about that, like time when his mom was like being like you know what your high collar says about you that you're you're looking for attention also you have to get a job from his uncle fun uncle yeah you know i can't be laughing at cyril because i'm also very cyril card jess is cyril card no because you could never be as flop as he is and i do mean that like jess isn't waiting for a woman outside of her workplace like yeah the way that no, because the way that Cyril Karn too, oh my god, I love him so much. He always looks like he's on the verge of tears. Every single episode, Jess and I were like waiting for him to actually cry on camera, and he never yeah, did. It was the Cyril it broke Karn my heart. Crying watch. The day that we get him shedding real tears, no, because I know he sobs like an eight-year-old boy that stubs his toe. I need it so bad. I need more than yeah, water I need and air. The tears streaming down his face, the the snot bubble of, of him being like, <laughs> <laughs> the way that if Cyril Karn cried in front of me, I would bottle it. Oh my god, I would be that every day. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we can all agree what we do agree is the the flop, right? Like we I know we were talking about Cyril Karn there for a second, but we know what's one, right? Oh, the Halcyons absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the <laughs> right, right. Okay. I will say that before before my my honorable mentions were the other biggest Spacefaring technology, Starlight Beacon falling to literal <laughs> flop. <Yeah. laughs> oh, you can't blame that. Open. <laughs> but I think the Galactic Star Cruiser, like that was a hot. There was listen, listen. If it <laughs> had been, if this was the 2021 Zeppies, the biggest flop would have been Lena So doing that damn fair. Let me get that straight. <laughs> no, because, because at least, at least of those two ships of between Starlight Beacon and the Halcyon, at least one of those has narrative value. <laughs> Other, my other runner-up was also Perrin Firtha. Again, Andor had many flops in it. Yeah, like they had <laughs> many characters that were flopping, but were just a flop. But I think we can agree the Halcyon is the biggest flop. Yeah, <laughs> Fly <definitely>. high, Angel. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Give me a second. Give me a second. Oh God. Oh Lord. Um. Oh my God. 
Okay. Um. So, the the academy has decided to award biggest flop to the Halcyon um, Star Cruiser. Um, and if we could all just have a moment of silence. that's appropriate okay i thought you were i oh i god. swear to god i really thought you were gonna play the vine boom sound i thought you were gonna play in the arms of the angels of Sarah <laughs> I'm, right, sorry. I'm sorry to have disappointed oh. you all with taps but <laughs> we were all caught off guard though so i think wow i would be shocked if you can't hear i was muted in this call i would be shocked if you could not hear me laughing from the other room <laughs> while mel was playing that wow that was good i am proud to present a category that we have titled biggest slay much like biggest flop it is kind of amalgamous it is probably going to be in universe it might not be let's get into it i bring to the table for biggest slay is lula talisola refusing knighthood to discover herself and acknowledge her feelings for zine in the higher public adventures number 13 that i think was i think that was just so unparalleled it was such a good moment it had um really good parallels to cantum size story in midnight horizon tied up that storyline so well and i'm just so excited to see where that goes and i just i remember seeing that on the page and actually like gasping it was just so good you had to be there daniel jose older your mom damn that's a damn i forgot that happened mm-hmm. shit lula and zine's like whole relationship especially because i think because like the forehead touch that was my second runner-up <laughs> Or my runner-up, not my second runner-up. Yeah. My biggest slay, we return to hashtag CintaSweep. I've mentioned it before, but Cintacaz not even using a tiny little blaster, but a fucking knife to kill a bitch during uh, the final episode of Andor. I believe it's the final episode. Um, it did something to me. I don't know if, like, there was something socially... There was always something horrible going on in the world, but it, there was something occurring at that time where I was like, um, this is healing for me. Um, th- I do feel like there was there was something awful was occurring, and I was like, I don't know. Watching th- this happen, and there were a lot of slay moments in that scene, don't get me wrong. The first book at Stonewall, that was great. Um... But that specifically that moment, especially because it was just it it's we talked about Reva a little bit earlier, but like I do feel like last year was the year of like letting women be angry and fucked up and crazy and that not being a bad thing. Cause oftentimes in Star Wars it is demonized as a bad thing. Um and one thing I liked about for Reva's story was that like her anger was justified and like she wasn't it, she wasn't belittled in that and that kind of thing and for Cinta like her anger propels her and there's nothing wrong with that and she she fucking stabs a bitch um 
a fascist in cold blood. And I, it's, you know, that video of that guy get, of that Nazi getting punched you just, every time you watch it to a different remix of a different, of, um, of a different song, it's, it gets funnier every single time. It's like that. I could watch it over and over again and be like, yeah, this is my favorite moment in Star Wars. And I think, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Richard Spencer mentioned, um, I just think to cause your mind is just, it's just cool. And also because everything in TV is, is deliberate. And so again, it not being a blaster, but it being a stab wound. How often do we see somebody get fucking stabbed in Star Wars? Like not by a lightsaber, by a knife. Not often. Anyways, I think she's, she defines a slay. I, my, my biggest slay that I'm bringing is a moment in Convergence when our two star-crossed lovers from warring planets, Ziri and, and Fantu, get married. I don't know, like, I... (laughs) I usually am not a supporter of straight people. I'm, no, that's not true. But they made me be like, hmm, maybe, maybe a man and woman ship is okay. And you know, them despite all their differences, like learning, like actually. I want to, like, help our planets, and also I really like you kind of moment with them. And, like, I don't know. They they made me emotional. I like them. Also, there is a part during that wedding where Ziri, in her wedding dress, like, their wedding is getting accosted by bounty hunters, and the city is, like, fucking flooding. And Ziri, like, they say their vows. Ziri pulls out a blaster and starts, like, shooting bitches, and then she is so girl boss they kiss and then he's like i'm madly in love with you and she's like good and then she goes and gets in her her fighter like her um her ship and starts gunning bitches down like they are just everything everyone wants to be them and they never will i'm sorry to anakin and padme's wedding that is by far going down to the bottom of the tier list of romantic weddings because that was the fucking moment I would say that is my favorite wedding in Star Wars. There aren't that many weddings in Star Wars, but that one, it was, it was, it was so, it changed me as a person. Um, It was so, like, I'm sorry, everybody who wants to do enemies to lovers, I want you to look at them and do that. Nothing else. Thank you. Yeah, like, it had everything. It had romance, it had action. What more do you want from them? My biggest slay of this year, it is a well-known fact that I love a girl boss. And I love someone who's a little bit of a war criminal, but like not always entirely. Which is why my biggest slay of this year for me was Mon Mothma's money laundering era. I really loved every single part of that experience. I loved watching her be like, yes, I love this artifact. However, here's also a check for an exorbitant amount of money. And I loved too that we had like a Olivia Pope scandal-esque moment where she's like, I'm caught. I have to start transferring funds. First of all, also, let me just say this. 
Olivia Pope in Star Wars win. Yes, we can make a Shonda Rhimes Star Wars show happen if we all speak loudly enough about it. But yeah, no, her money laundering era was sliving. Um, I really enjoyed it. Her outfits, her car, her um, framing her husband. The way that, yeah. God, okay. You know, I know we've moved on from biggest flop, but you want to talk about flops? Wow. Let's talk about the husband. (laughs) Did anybody get my real housewives reference? Mm -hmm, I got it. I got it. No. (laughs) Let's talk about the husband. Mon Mothma and Dorinda collab when? (laughs) Wait, no, because it would really be too good. I know that they would get messy drunk together and Dorinda would say something unforgivable to her. She does that. I mean, I was going to say she does that sober and then I was like, Dorinda's not sober. (laughs) There's really not. Anyway, Mon Mothma, on the other hand, sober is a fucking judge. She has too much to worry about. No, I really, I really do. I, yeah, I enjoyed all of her sleigh outfits. I loved her sleigh car. I loved her laundering money through Luthen Rail's artifact business. I love it. I mean, I agree also with, like, Mon Mothma in general is pretty slay. But I do want to argue the point that um, that whole scheme is a little bit flop because she does, you know, go to her frente to be like, help, because <laughs> they're going to find out about my scheme. And then she does have to go along with the plan of child marriage. So that's true. I would say I would say the sleigh is just like the fact that she's laundering money. I think kind of gives, and then the flop is well the consequences of her money laundering. A biggest flop we forgot is the fact that Star Wars had two bitches both named Tay spelled differently introduced in like the same two weeks. So that's another, I should have oh said that for my biggest flop, oh but God. I just remembered that anyway. So true. Um, I was going to say kind of in the same um, schema of Noah, of having something that is, begins perhaps as a sleigh. I think of it as a sleigh, but that definitely ends in floptum. Um, is the Aldani heist, um, and specifically the part where they're up in the sky and then Nemec gets crushed very hard. I think it was so slay, and then I was like, oh, it's literally slay. All of the girlies are dying. Oh, wow. Actually, in a lot of ways, it's literally flop, because that's what his legs kind of end up doing. No! Right no! <laughs> no! Oh, wow. Nemec, I'm sorry. Oh, if wow. I was like, wouldn't it be fucked up if I was like, yeah, I didn't really feel all that sad when Nemec died, but when Skeen died, I cried my eyes out like a baby. <laughs> That's a joke. That is a joke, by the way, just Listen. so everyone knows. I just thought it'd be funny to say, I loved you in The Bear. And in that one movie, <laughs> in that one movie Jennifer Lawrence is going to be in where she dates a 19-year-old or something. I know he's in it. And I saw an ad for it on TikTok. Anyway. I'm happy that he's booked and busy, you know? Good for him. <laughs> That's true. Fucked up white guys need representation. Do you think it's Skeen, him? It, it's Skeen. him and Craglin. Ske- <gasps> That's my new power couple. Are you fucking kidding me? They could play brothers. They. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. They. Mm hmm. I. Period. Yeah. That's anyway, the brother. Sorry. That's the brother who he talked about who was like, yeah, my brother killed himself. And then that wasn't true. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, shut <laughs> up. That was fucked up anyway. Yes. No, I think we're done. That... Wait, okay, wait. So our biggest, our biggest slays are wait. All your mine was Lula, um, 
Lula not Lula. accepting knighthood. Yours is Lula not accepting my knighthood. Mine is Sintakaz stab moment. Um, Noah, no, Jess is the wedding. Damn, that was good. What Noah else? Was, Noah was Mon Mothma's money laundering. Money laundering. And mine was Karis Nemeth getting his shit rocked. And not <laughs> no, it wasn't. Damn. To be fair, to be fair, it I haven't written. Well, okay, actually, can I revise that? Wait, 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 wait. You know what? I have two things written here. Um, this is like my La La Land moment. I do have a, my biggest slay, actually, for realsies. Comac Vitus running into the woods. Oh, I thought about bringing yeah. that up for flop. Yeah, Real. that <laughs> was both a flop and a slay. Yeah. yeah. Very versatile. He was living his truth. He was living his truth. Is it a flop? Is it a slay? Who can say? Why not I mean, both? It was a flop for um his friends who were like, where are you going? It was a flop for him who's running into the woods and then being like, oh, fuck, I'm in the woods. I don't have survival skills. Oh, God. Do I have to eat worms now? <laughs> Comac eating- He's sort of Yellow Jackets core in that way. Comac eating worms in the woods, not realizing that freaking Coronet City is like a mile and a half to the south. <laughs> No, because every night he can, like, see the lights and he goes, wow, what a beautiful natural phenomenon that is. I have no idea what that's about. And he's like, goes back to bed. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say I, I'm okay positioning Comac as running into the woods is my biggest slay of this year. That was one of the funniest things that happened because I remember re- I was reading Midnight Horizon and one thing I do is I will basically live text as I read a book or watch a show or whatever and I was getting down to that part, and I was like, what the fuck's going on with, like, Wreath's knighthood and all this cool shit? And then it was like, and then Comac ran into the woods, and I was like, what? You cannot be serious. He just goes away. And everyone was like, yes. Yeah, he's gone. He's in the wilderness. I love it. I love it. Phantom is like, Comac, I did not mean that. That was not what you should have gotten from my story. And he was like, no, no, no. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna vote for Jess's actually. The like the Feneri wedding was like it was the definition of slay. Like there's like it, it New York's hottest club had everything. Like I couldn't have asked for more. I, I think that has to be my vote. It's so funny because I'm all in for Mon Mothma money laundering. Because I'm like, she deserves, Mon Mothma has been so ever-present in Star Wars, but it is only now that she is really getting a moment to do her own fucking thing and be a hashtag main character. And like, her being like, and I, and how am I going to do that? By money laundering. Take that, liberals. Real. See, I was, I was going to vote for Ollie <laughs> because I'm just like, I love you bring up a good point and also let's hear it for our our lesbians yep zine and and lula but you also bring up a good point about mod mothma she's been in star wars for a long time and does deserve the spotlight so now i'm conflicted i am too because this was my thought originally i was like okay like what which one of these things not to say that Succession is all around Slay, but which one of these seems like it could be a plotline in Succession and I'd believe it? The fan re-wedding, obviously, like, that's so... That's almost played. Like, there was already the Con Willow wedding. So, I was like, okay, well, maybe, like, 
Lula and Zine. Mm, I don't know if this show is going to be talking about young lesbian love and like why, why are we talking about succession? Because because I want to I want to say that Mon Mothma money laundering does feel like it could be a succession thing. Like and that I could think happen. that's hilarious. That could happen to Tom Wamskins. <laughs> exactly, exactly. However, I do think also Greg running into the woods could also happen. <laughs> I completely agree. I also want to say like Mon Mothma's flop at money laundering eventually, is she not sort of embodying the spirit of Our Lady of Girl Failures, Shiv Roy, in that moment? Like, (laughs) she has has a plan. She seems like she's got it under control. It completely blows up in her face, and then she's totally fucked. Yeah, I think I'm actually... We did say that, like, it, uh, it, it may be more flop than slay, but then I was like, Okay, but maybe the sleigh is that well, she but, turns it around. She turns it that's around. That's true. She does turn it around. Well, but on, you also have to understand. Also, Except for the whole maybe having to marry off her daughter thing. Like, okay, in the way that camp has failed seriousness, sleigh is, in another sense, for girl failures. The sleigh is found in their floppery, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like there's something so funny and powerful about a girl failure character and Mon Mothma entering her girl failure era after being like thoroughly involved in money laundering. That's kind of servacious to me personally. And I think Susan Sontag would agree. I, hmm. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, yeah, I guess what truly is a slay? Because, yeah, there's times when a lot of the times they're flops, but we're, like, saying, oh, Slay. But we all know that she does kind of flop because eventually she is going to have to, like, go on the run from the Republic or the Empire, as we see in in Rebels when they have to go save Mon Mothma. So, obviously, something not great is going to happen with her her little plan because they're going to figure out, like, oh, you're working with the Rebels, but, hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm going to give it to the queen. Let's go, Mama. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I think Mon I think Mon you deserve this. And with that, I would be so honored to present the Zebby for biggest slay to Mon Mothma's money laundering. Everyone give it up for Mon. Nice. Shout out to mine. Good job, mine. I don't know. This is going to be about to be a so, like, niche TikTok reference. I don't know if you saw that video of that person, like, doing, like, basically, like, dressing up as different people that you see, like, winning Oscars. Oh, and, like, my God, Paloma yes. Diamond. Paloma Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Paloma yeah, Diamond. Yeah, Mon Mothma is my Paloma, Paloma Diamond. Paloma Diamond, you guys, if you watched her documentary, you know, like, <laughs> she was not in a good place after she lost the Golden Globe, but I think she deserved it. And I'll die on that hill. I, I really will. Um, I'd like to present the award for best episode. Obviously, this is taking out all of our print media. This is going to be out of the Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Tales of the Jedi, and Andor. Um... I guess I'll start with me. Once again, I will be going with hashtag sweep. And her slay moment that I just talked about happens in the final episode of season one of Andor, Rick's Road. Now, 
there are many other things to love about that episode. I believe that's when we finally hear Nemec's manifesto. Is that the episode where we actually hear the thing? So, like, we have his little monologue in that. Um, we have the riot. We have so many... Um, I believe the the moment with Bix that you talked about earlier is in this episode. I mean, there are many slay moments of Andor in general, but I feel like a lot of them happen in this one. This episode, and now, I'm, I picked this episode because I felt like the obvious answer was one way out. Um, it was just a great episode, don't get me wrong, but this was the episode where I was like, wow, wow. Uh, I, I felt like that after, after one way out as well, but like, after this, I, I was like, gasp, whatever. Um, and I just felt, uh, I just felt, you know, I know that Andor is going to feature heavily tonight, but shit banged. The way I was not going to say one way out. Like you said, oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah, that's stupid. Who would say that? (laughs) Um. Uh, I mean, I also am bringing an Andor episode, um, but the episode I was bringing was the Eye. <laughs> I mean, sorry, we lost all the <laughs> the Aldani girlies except Cinta and and Vel, <laughs> uh, but like it was very I don't know something about the episode got me. That was the episode that had me like on the edge of my seat the entire episode where it just kept escalating and I was like, oh my god, get me off this ride. I'm so stressed out watching this episode. But I enjoyed that a lot. Um, again, the the moment when the eye was actually going on with all the cool comets <laughs> shooting across the sky was a really cool effect and visual for us viewers. Um, it was really sad that Nemec got crushed, but you, you know, sometimes you gotta have your flops too with with your sleighs, as we discussed very recently, a few minutes ago. Um, but yeah, that's my vote for best episode. I am going to do the obvious answer or Claudia's purported obvious answer, which is one way out. Um, I, I don't know, not to say that I find the rest of Star Wars television to be deeply disappointing most of the time. However, comma, because I, because I don't like, I like a lot of it, obviously, but like they really put crack in that episode. The direction was incredible the score was i i first of all i could talk about the score of andor for like literal years it's really too good but like i i don't know the plot was so good and every single like every single moment of the episode contributed to the story that it wanted to tell and many of you other star wars shows i'm looking at you the mandalorian cannot say the same and you don't prioritize the time that you have and so you have it ultimately less like put together episode but like and andor does that brilliantly but like one way out specifically for me was just like i remember like my jaw was on the floor the entire time i was watching it it was such a good episode of television well fuck you stupid losers i think that the best episode 
from 2022 was the tribes of Tatooine from Book of Boba Fett. Um, I will will stand by this. This will be the hill I die on. That's like one of my favorite, if not my favorite, visual piece of Star Wars media. There's something that is so special about that episode. Um, You know, there there are a few moments where I kind of had to pause and be like, okay, we're kind of falling into some weird western stereotypes about indigenous people i'm looking at you the blizzard that went up book uh, the book's nose boba's nose um anyways um but that episode is so special to me and like is just it set something up so beautiful and slay and awesome and then was like and then what if we just shat all over that? Just took a big old duke. And that really hurt. Um, so yeah, take that as you will. Damn. Yeah. That was I remember watching that episode and being like, damn, this shit bangs. Like the reason that the rest of the book of Boba Fett sucked so bad was because that was such a high mm-hmm. point. Damn. I agree completely. I-, I think um it's funny, Tribes of Tatooine was my um my second my was my runner up um i did pick one way out um if nothing for the chilling monologue that andy circus gives i'm really sad that no one brought him his best performance um because he really he really served i think because a lot of his um professional work at least a lot of what people know him for is um cgi and is like motion capture which he's amazing at and is definitely a very um like is still acting in all of its in in all of its senses um but i think that people often forget how compelling of an actor he is when he's just playing him or when he's not you know completely animated um but i thought that uh kino loy's character arc getting wrapped up the way that it did was really interesting and i really loved one way out um seeing cassian's um development as a leader in his community and as a as a revolutionary really not to say that he wasn't before but this was when he, really when he was like taking the reins on being an organizer and i think that that was really really powerful i also liked how it positioned him not necessarily as the guy who is leading the charge not necessarily as the guy who is doing all of the talking but as the guy who is making that possible which is a really interesting role and is a really a really cool um way for him to be i just think that was a really it really highlighted some of the best things about cassie and and like noah said it was paced perfectly for where it was in the show i think it really set us on a really great uh course for the last for the remaining episodes I would like to interject because nobody mentioned it. Um, my second choice I'd like to give an honorable mention to, um, which was the uh, episode of Tales of the Jedi. Um, I, I believe it's called Practice Makes Perfect. Um, the one where uh, that is the one where uh, Anakin is training Ahsoka basically to survive Order 66. Um, I choke sob cried like a baby during it. I didn't think it would affect me that much, and then it did. Um, I wrote a whole article about how much I like Tales of the Jedi, and that episode specifically um, meant a lot to me. Also, Caleb Doom is in that episode. Great times. Um, And um, 
I don't know. It just it 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 was it was very well done. It was very shocking. It was very um uh uh what wasn't like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. And I was like, damn, bitch, you were able to make me feel a real emotion about Order sixty six again. Anyways, I I oh, man you made a really compelling argument for the tribes of Tatooine. Um, I do feel like one way out was very emblematic. Like the girlies all like when everybody thinks about a star war that came out last year, the girlies think of one way out. Like one can make a compelling argument for that. I do see tribes of Tatooine as well. I do really like that because it was without a doubt, the best episode of the book of Boba Fett. And I like, I actually enjoyed the book of Boba Fett. I think it had a lot of problems, and I think that it's, again, as Jess has said, I don't want to try to claim their spot as Jon Favreau's number one arch nemesis, but I will be Jess's henchman when they go on that crusade, because I think that so much of that show, like, so much of that show had, like, a lot of potential, and when it was good, it was really good. Like, Tribes of Tatooine is one of the reasons that I still claim that I like the show, but then when it was bad, it was, like, really stupid. So I'm like, I almost want to reward that one time where it did something really magnificent. Yeah, I... Like, Tribes of Tatooine was also, like, something I... One of the episodes I'd considered for best episode. So I will give it to Tribes of Tatooine because, yeah, it was the best episode of the Book of Boba Fett. And like what Ollie was saying, thank you, Ollie, for um for supporting me and my John Favreau hate. Uh it is it it reminds me that yeah, there was a time when I deeply did enjoy the book of Boba Fett. And that there are good moments in the book of Boba Fett. So and uh just like how we were like, we should give Mon Mothma her time in the sun. I think we should give the book of Boba Fett, but not John Favreau, um, for Timora Morrison and fuck. How can have a? How come I cannot pronounce names and remember people's names? Phoenix actress. I'm so sorry. Ming no yeah, Ming, Ming now when. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I like talked. I talked about her with her first name as if I know her. She's, That's your bestie, actually. She's a lot like Beyonce. Um, in we that should, way. but we should reward them and also remember it's AAPI month, and they were not at Star Wars night, none of the nights, and I think that was a crime too. Like, why do you guys keep doing this to Boba and Fennec? I'm coming for y'all, Ricky Rat. I'm coming for you. I I will say. As much as I love One Way Out, as much as I love all of Andor, I do agree. I do agree with the sentiment of like letting the Book of Boba Fett have its moment in the spotlight because that was a really good episode of television. And I remember watching that episode and being like, "Oh, Slayful, we're going to go in a very fun direction." And then obviously, we didn't. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm cool awarding awarding Tribes of Tatooine as the best episode. I think that I think it deserves that award. I think that the performances given in that were really good, and I enjoyed them. I would also say when Jess brought up the uh, bringing up Tem as a great performance, that was also one of his best episodes. I agree completely. I think we can. I think we can put a uh, put a pin in this one. 
The Zebby for best episode of 2022 goes to the Tribes of Tatooine from the Book of Boba Fett. Congratulations, Book of Boba Fett. Congratulations. Yay. Good job, director. And Paloma Diamond, if you're listening. <laughs> okay, also fall bite for this <laughs> this next category. This next category, I've got a, I got a feeling almost all of us are going to have the same re- answer. So can we just say uh, everyone say their same thing at the same time? I know that's going to be audio. We should audio audibly terrible. Let me but at I think least, it'd be funny. Like, yeah, I think I let think at least introduce. I, yeah, let let Jess introduce. Yeah. Um, so this next category is for best book of twenty twenty two, and. Some of the others think we're all going to have the same choice. Like the same thing that we're bringing to the table. So we have decided we are going to count to three and all say our answers at the same time. So is everyone ready? Yes. (laughs) All right. One, two... Three. Midnight Horizon. You didn't even read that. Don't joke. Don't I know. Play. I, just, I, I know. Listen. Listen. Comment Hunt. We can't. We can't be doing this. Also, I did get Brotherhood we mixed can't. up with Padawan, and I was like, well, at least Orla Jereni's in it. But I'm a dumbass, and she's not in Brotherhood. I wish she was. I wish she was in every book. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I, we can't. We can't use that. We're so that's with such hate. I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to say brotherhood with hatred in my heart. I yeah. I, I thought know. it was fine. The three chapters that I read. <laughs> I anyway. Midnight Horizon wins. Um. This this book changed me. It changed who I am as a person. It has everything. It has gay people in it, which you know it's great. You can put a mark down for gay people. Um. But I also think that it tells so many complex stories and wraps up so many narratives but it's also not like it's not like only for the people who read higher public adventures like you can enjoy it if you haven't read higher public adventures you can enjoy it if you have only read higher public adventures like there's so much in that book and there's stuff for everybody it talks about how you deal with being an adult in a world that is constantly changing and you constantly feel yourself disillusioned with where you are it talks about how you can handle your interpersonal relationships when everything around you is you know when you feel so lost and everything around you is going to shit but it also talks about levity and childhood and how you experience like growing up and different ways people experience like depression and disillusionment with their lives and it also has yoda in it and it made me love yoda gotta be so real yeah anyway yeah, I was a Yoda hater before Midnight Horizon, and now I'm not. And I talked about how it made me cry. Um, and also, Comac running into the woods. You know how the impact that that has had on this podcast. Um, I will also say, like, we talked so much about how we really liked Andor last year. And, you know, how it embodies how, like, Star Wars is about communities coming together and defending themselves, whatever. That is a big theme in in Midnight Horizon as well. Like... It's not just all the Jedi shit as well. Um, the stuff on Corellia is really cool. But also, Jess was the only one who picked something different. Yeah, that's why when you all were like, 
I know we all picked the same thing. Me, the, the little monkey puppet that's like giving the side eye like, no, I did not actually pick the same thing as you guys. But I I will also just, you know, concede and give it to Midnight Horizon because like Midnight Horizon is a very good book. Can you I, say what you're- I just really liked Convergence. Yeah, no, because here's my other thing. I really did have more of a struggle than I conveyed here picking between Midnight Horizon and Convergence because I adore both of those books. I think that like the reason that I chose Midnight Horizon above Convergence is because one of the things I like about Convergence is it's um, like sisterhood with Cataclysm. And I think like the two of those together are super, super impactful for me. But Midnight Horizon just in and of itself has so many storylines and so many... Um, so many things that it brings all together that I really love. Yeah, you bring up a good point where Midnight Horizon can stand on its own. Convergence shines best when you do pair it with Cataclysm. I would I would also say I had a I had a struggle because I really, really enjoyed Convergence. But also Padawan came out last year and I enjoyed that book far more than I I like I I could talk about that book all day. I loved it so, so, so much. So when I was like, oh, my favorite, my bestie girl, Midnight Horizon. And then I saw that fucking Convergence and Padawan came out last year, too. I was like, damn, the hits just It was a good coming. year for books. Yeah, I will also say, for an honorable mention, Stories of Jedi and Sith was quite good. And that did include the short story that canonized that Luke Skywalker is gay. <laughs> so... I almost put that in biggest slay. So I just want to say, also just a really fun and slay um, uh, anthology that I love very much. Um, but yeah, Midnight Horizon, no one's ever going to be you. Yeah, I know I did jokingly, well, not jokingly, I did say that we should all say it at the same time because we're going to have the same answer. Um, I will say something that I don't talk about it much just because like I read it and then was like, oh my gosh, there were so many other things happening. I also really liked Mission to Disaster, um, which is an unsung, oh God, yes. unspoken of book. Um, I just think that it has some of the best Imri Cantero's moments, has some of the best Honesty Weft moments. As, as Honesty mm -hmm. Weft Stan, I had mm -hmm. to, I had to give it a nod. I agree one hundred percent. That book is so fucking good. I would say the the pairing of Test of Courage and um, Test of Courage and Mission to Disaster. Um, I guess, and you would put Out of the Shadows in there as well. Um, phenomenal. I also recently started reading the Sonostaros comic. Um, you, uh, all I'm going to say is, you pair all that shit together, it's fucking phenomenal. Justin, Justine Ireland is cooking. I mean, she's always cooking, but she's cooking in just so many ways. Also, Mission Disaster. Vern, I am thinking of you. Vernestra Rowe? I am thinking of you being in the Acolyte. Anyway. Yeah, same. Vern, girl, my bestie, my, my, my good time boy. Anyway, wh what is it, Claudia? I also, like, when I was reading those books, I, like, had an idea of what Dalna looked like. But now we know a lot more about Dalna in Phase 2. And... I, I almost appreciate Mission to Disaster more. Um, also, Mission to Disaster is where we meet Diva Lompop, isn't it? I want to say. No, she's not in that book. <laughs> yes, oh, 
is she Tessa Courage? She is. Oh, she is. And Diva, Diva Lompop? Yes, yeah. Oh my god, yes. she is. Wow, Literally, never mind. That's how she gets connected to the Sorrows family. Is that because she initially? Oh is my one god, of the people who's holding Avon. Holy captive. shit! I can't believe I completely forgot about that. Wow, I need to be burned at the stake. You are not a Starro's family, no, Sam. No, I'm honestly... Anyway. I deserve death. Anyways. Uh, officially, now, the the winner of the Zebby for best book is Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older. Um, DJO will send Congrats, the Daniel. Zebby yeah. in the mail. Yeah, please. We don't actually have Zebbies. I'm sorry, Daniel, yeah. if you're listening. Get in touch. We'll, we'll We'll work something out. Have your people call our people. <laughs> I'm gonna alright so for our last category that we're voting on because the the true final one is audience choice um, this is unsung hero and the unsung hero of Star Wars in 2022 that I would like to bring tonight is Luthen's Wiglet I feel like not enough <laughs> people appreciate <laughs> oh, oh my I god like not enough people I feel that I feel that not enough people appreciate just how strong she had to be to remain where she was through so much turmoil and strife. And I feel that she deserves that recognition. Thank you. I feel like I'm going to pass out. (laughs) Wow. I'm so happy that I like that. Like I got you guys with that one. Because I was sitting here, like, trying to come up with an unsung hero, and I was like, it's Luthen's Wiglet, obviously. And I was like, I hope that no one else... Okay, also, also, and this is why, if any of you are paying attention earlier, when Mel was like, I think we all picked the same thing, I made a face. And that was because I thought we were moving on to the unsung hero category, and I was like, did we all pick Luthen's Wiglet as the unsung <laughs> hero? It so Wouldn't it have been so fucked up if we did? <laughs> and I was like, that's, that that's so crazy, Noah. I actually also wrote... <laughs> Luthen's Wiglet. I just almost said Noah's Wiglet. <laughs> I just almost called Luthen Noah. That was dark. Anyway, you guys are a lot of like. This doesn't come off my head. Yet. I'm still. I haven't experienced full twink death. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I don't think you're balding. If that's what you think I meant. <laughs> Ollie said hi, bald. Deleted bald. Quit the podcast ball. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, so my male pattern baldness baldness realness. Okay, Mega Mind. Oh my god. Ollie, Ollie, please. Or is it Mel? It's Mel. (laughs) It's my turn. Okay. Well, anyways, I have a serious answer. It's Reba Savander, obviously. Um (laughs) she once again i said it earlier in this episode i could give less of a fuck about kenobi if not for reva reva is the one thing that's that's holding it together for me holding it down i feel like she's very emblematic of the year yeah literally she's the she's the luthan's wiggle of that show like she had to like (laughs) she was given such a hard task and she managed to do it she's the luthan's wiggle of people I fucking hate this. My nominee for unsung hero, the person I would like to bring to the table this evening, who I think not enough of the bitches are talking about him, is Astala Maru holding Starlight Beacon together by the fucking skin of his teeth. 
My goodness, Damn. if he was on the bottom half of Starlight Beacon, I guarantee to you that shit would not have fallen. At the very least, Stellan Geos would still be with us. I, and Chiara would be both halves. If you had put him in- <laughs> Exactly. If you had put him and Leox Jossie in the same room, they would have worked that shit out. Leox was my second choice, but I was like, the girlies love him. I just- Leox was also oh my second choice. I love that. But no, I just- I think about how he was like- I- Like- I think about that comic, because I- High Republic 2021, um, I love that comic. It's- so good i love all of the characters in it and i think having a character like astala maru um in general i just thought he was a very balancing presence but especially like you did not expect him to suddenly be like i'm gonna hold this entire station together myself so hard that all the other jedi are gonna feel it in the force when i fucking explode in a ball of fire um I just, I loved that moment. It was probably one of the closest times I ever came to, like, actually crying during a comic was in that last, in High Republic 15, when he told Avar to leave. And he was like, okay, I gotta get my, I, I gotta get my girl boss out of here. You gotta go, baby mama. We can't be doing this. Like, I just, that, <sighs> and, the, and his fucking teacup all shattered and fucked up. The girlies did not talk about that enough. The teacup did make Yeah, I got, I just gotta say... I think he could have, I think he could have stopped it. He could have stopped it if given the tools, if he had time to prepare. <laughs> I still think he's alive. I'm delusional. I don't actually, but I will engage in delusion. In my final act of hashtag Cinta sweep, I am bringing Cinta cause for unsung hero. I say unsung because I have been singing her praises this whole time, but Star Wars themselves have not been singing her praises. She's not being top billed as she needed to be. There's not enough merchandise. I need Cinticaz capitalism. I mean, I know that goes against like kind of the ethos of all of it, so maybe I don't, but like she is unsung, okay? And we know that she has been in, she has spent her whole life dedicated to the rebellion to the point where her, her partner is like come away from the window. Like she, she's, she has given everything to this fucking cause and we haven't even seen the half of it. And we are not singing her fucking praises enough, okay? Yes, we gave Mon Mothma her slay era, whatever, as biggest slay, whatever, that's fine. But Sintakaz has been holding it the fuck down on the fucking front lines. And this is hashtag Sintasweep. So true. Um... For me, I could jokingly say, like, a bunch of different characters, and I'm not serious about them. Like, part of me was like, Haha, what if I said Marcion Rowe? <laughs> that is not true. That is inherently false. Um, but no, my actual answer is Cantum Psy. <laughs> I mean, did their story make Comag Vitus run into the woods? Yes, <laughs> but also, they're like we discussed earlier for best character. Um, I don't know. There's Cantum in Midnight Horizon. They're just they're something. I think you just you're saying that Cantum Sai is slay, which they yes. absolutely are. Yeah, they also like. They they were also like yeah and I and I worked through my emotions and I fucking held it down and I slayed the house boots on Corellia and what about it, like they they really just 
for always slaying. I don't know. Luthan's wiglet made me laugh. So <laughs> get um, I Eva... think that Luthan's wiglet deserves it only because, I mean, she stayed on. You can, Until you she can, did you it. can say a lot of things, but Luthan's wiglet was removed. Voluntarily removed. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, voluntarily, but but through but like Luthan's Wiglet is like the U.S. Postal Service, like nor not rain nor shine nor cover of darkness was keeping her from doing her goddamn job until Luthan was like, "I'm good. I'm gonna take it off." See, I as much as I love Luthan's Wiglet, I will argue on behalf of Cintacaz. Um, I think that she is so she is so cool. Like, she has so many, like, objectively cool moments, but she is also, again, like, so much of the plan in Andor works because of her. So many of the things they do work because she did the job she was supposed to do. So not only was she, like, an, and I think part of her whole thing is that she's kind of unsung. Like, she is on the ground. She is the soldier. She is doing things. She is the definition of an unsung hero. So I, I would argue that she is the best fit for this. And the fact, too, in real life, like, people talked about, you know, people talk about Cinta, people love Cinta, but, like, she is, she does not get the, she does not get all of the vibes and all of the clout that she deserves, so I would, I would love to bestow her that honor. Also, it feels a little fucked up that we have, like, barely, we have said Vel's name, like, one time <laughs> this entire recording. <laughs> Sorry, white women. <laughs> But no, I also agree with what Ollie's saying and um, what Claudia has presented about our girl Santa, and I will give it to her. She, yeah, she was out there in the trenches doing what needed to be done, even if it was a tough job. And she was doing the work that some people were did not have the heart to do like we we love i love you vel <laughs> but yeah you kind of had moments where you were like hesitating whereas Cynthia was like there is no time to hesitate we have to do this now is that also because she has trauma from the empire killing her family probably I hope we get more of her in Andor season two. I mean, we are, but I hope, like, backstory-wise, we get more of her. To be fair, I was very swayed by the Estalamaru argument. I was like, damn. Thank you. Shit. Justice for no. my king. <laughs> that, that, no, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I really had to take a moment to think about Estala versus Cinta, but I do think I am going to go with Cinta of, like, yeah. I just, I think that it is time for Cinta Sweep. Yeah, and Estala's not a lesbian. Not yet, at least. Maybe one day. I feel like maybe he was at one point. Not Sorry to Luthen's Wiglet. Do you guys remember in Light of the Jedi? R.I.P. Luthen's Wiglet. Do you guys remember in Light of the Jedi when Estala Maru gets she heard? That was crazy. Oh, yeah. Happy, oh, yeah. And you, know, you guys are coming for a canonically transgender man. And not voting for him, even though I'm also voting for Cinta. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, hashtag AAPI. Hashtag Cinta it's sweep. AAPI time. Mm-hmm. The official winner of the Zebby for Unsung Hero 
goes to Cinta Cass. Congratulations, Cinta Sweep. We did it, Joe. I'd like to thank the Academy. Vel is cheering. I know Vel is somewhere cheering. She's like, that's my my girlfriend. Astalamar, who's Cinta Cass, blonde, (laughs) blonde girlfriend. (laughs) Real, real. No, because I know that I know that white girl boss. I know that Avar and um, Vel would have crazy beef, but they wouldn't know why. They would just have beef with each other for some reason. They'd be like, "I don't like her." They're too alike, and that's the problem. I'm so excited right now. I'm so excited. Here we go. We're in the final stretch, everyone. Okay, I'm gonna share my screen. Are you going to be sharing the screen? Oh my god, I'm so excited! Oh, good god. You know I am. You know I got that motherfucking thing on me. What are you guys seeing? Wow. I see a, I see a beautiful okay, presentation. Yeah, I see it. This is so beautiful. I love the colors. I love the sparkles. I love the fonts. Yeah, this really this gives. All right. So welcome to the Glove Shadow of the Year Award. This is an audience um, choice award um, awarded to the character that people thought was the the biggest glupshito in Star Wars in the year of 2022. Um, We had a total of 267 submissions for this. Um, However, only 233 of them counted because so many of you did not read that it was for 2022 and submitted characters who were not in anything in 2022. So. Oh my God. The nominees are, these are the top five submissions that we received. Ruskit Melshi, Cobb Vanth, Max Rebo, Geode, and Nemec. Wow, they hate women. I know. I Cobb like... Vanth Nation, thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much for your dedication. <laughs> they also it means hate the world to me to see Asian my man people. up on this screen. Yeah, hashtag love loses. Mel has presented us with a very beautiful PowerPoint that we will be we will be posting a little video with, and I want to see it. Okay, so. Coming in at number five. <laughs> Ruska Melshi. <laughs> wow. This is incredible. Um, he got a total of 3.9% of votes. Congrats, wow. Melshi. Damn. Coming in at number four. Charismatic. <laughs> Nine balls. Okay. Mel has used a picture of him when he was getting his body crushed on this slide. Oh my god. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Also, this this font is taking me out. (laughs) I think you I tried really hard on it. I tried really hard on this. Um (laughs) Well coming in number three. Geo, who also got nine votes. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like I love that for That's you, Geo. He looks so good. I know. Ruska, Melshi, and Karis Nemec beat by a fucking rock. <laughs> I mean, they all got the same amount of votes. Yeah. Technically, That's, they okay. tied. Okay. Technically, they tied. Oh, 
Okay, yeah. but also, but also, a fucking rock is a good description of Geode because he is a rock that fucks. Yeah, he so does true. He's a fucking That's rock. That's why he has to be paired up with Leox, who will be like, nope, nope, we are not getting pussy today, Geode. No, we are not. Can we have that as our RuPops official t-shirt? Not getting pussy today, Geo. A Geode. t-shirt that says RuPops Pod Race. We're not getting pussy today, Geo. <laughs> oh, I thought it would say pussy hunter, Geo. He doesn't need to hunt. He doesn't need to hunt. It comes to him. He attracts it. He's real. <laughs> okay. Are you guys ready for number two? I mean, yes. second place is Max Repo. <laughs> with oh, I thought he was going to win. The way that Melshi shows up vote. for the way Melshi shows up for a split second in the animation yeah, on the slide. Like, yeah. um, wait, okay. Look at look at Max Repo, uh, the one on the right. Let's just go back real quick. <laughs> He got 13 votes, and that was 5.6% of votes. And finally, <laughs> you know what that means. The Glub Shido is, Glub Shido of the Year is Kabant. He got 17 votes. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. I Okay, no, because this literally means I won the Glub Shido Why Olympics. You, you guys have no idea. Like, after he got fucking shot. The picture, no, because guys, he looks so good I there. Have, Look at his hair. Guys, I have to say this for our listeners: the tableau, the background is a picture of Cobb Vanth curled up on the ground after getting shot. In the foreground, there is an oval with Cobb Vanth's face in it, a heart with Cobb Vanth's little face in it, and a little flower with him in the back to take the end of Book of Boba Fett in it. <laughs> This is a work of art. I feel like this is this is what the inside of Noah's brain looks like at all times. <laughs> Guys, also You're not ooh. okay, font included, you're absolutely right. I think that someone may have botted Cobb Vamp. <laughs> yeah. I do think I do think there might it might have been an inside job, but And it was Noah? <laughs> Would you like to know a I, I, I had nothing to do with that. I wanted to I wanted to ask Mel. Were there any funny submissions that you would like to highlight? I would like to. Here are just some honorable mentions, ones that I think were really important that I need to mention. Um, someone said the lizard that went up Boba Fett's nose. <laughs> um, we also had three pe- three different people um, identify. You know the guy in Andor who rings the 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 bell. So they all had different <laughs> ways to describe what that gentleman's kind of position in life was. And one person described him as the Time Grappler, which is his canonical name and role. Whoa. His time oh. Grappler. That's metal. Um, and then, let me see. Was there anything else that there was, was really one, good? There we was got one, a lot of trans Twi'leks. There was one that specifically described them as, quote, those qu- those cunty Twi'leks from the background in Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that, um, what's her name from... From the bar in the Book of Boba Fett wasn't nominated more. Oh, yeah, Garza oh, Quip got 1.7% of the votes, so four people voted for her. Okay, okay, I, I'm glad. Also, uh, female, uh, female tu- Tuscan, Rachel, Tuscan warrior yes. woman. She was <laughs> Rachel, oh, yeah, Rachel. Yeah. Um, one I will also okay. say. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say when I was like counting up the votes, I saw that someone did 
did name the Tuscan woman by name, called her Rachel, and was like, <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is Rachel? And Ollie and I had to go back to see that. That was a joke we made about the Tuscan warrior woman named being named Rachel. Um <laughs> one that I also loved an honorable mention was someone who put core pluth and in parentheses hashtag love loses that I think about that a lot that was so good <laughs> yeah I think that's it I think that's the zebbies yeah. everyone we did oh, it damn thank you so much for joining us for our second anniversary um we also just officially hit 100,000 downloads so we are celebrating that milestone as well. Thank you for listening to us all this time. Um it's it's a little crazy. It's this is a little crazy. We started this in a group. We started this podcast literally in a group chat and within less than 24 hours we're like, "Let's make a podcast." And now we've been friends for 2 years and you people listen to us. So the shit is crazy. Um so thank you for listening. Um we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Um Tell us whether you liked it or hated it. I don't know. Send us uh, send us your feedback, I guess. Um, we will be posting uh, photos of our purple carpet outfits, um, our uh, the Glup Shido Awards, um, all that kind of stuff on social media. So please look out for that. And um, our episodes are dropping every other Sunday until the Ahsoka series comes out. Make sure for all of these updates and all this extra stuff, you are following us on TikTok, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at RuPalps Podrace. If you want to ask us a question, send it to our TikTok Q&A, our Tumblr ask box, or email us at RuPalpsPodrace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, since we've been around for two years, if you've had a little chuckle, um, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, whatever platform allows for a rating or a review. Do it if you haven't done it already. And tell a friend, like a multi-level marketing scheme. It really, really helps. And may the force be with you. And don't trip it up. Waka waka. 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 <laughs>